0: Hello and welcome to the next episode of Lost in Criterion. I'm John Patrick O'Toole Dorgan, and with me, as always, is a man who once lit a guitar on fire on a beach in Mexico.
1: <laughs> I am the Adam Glass, and you know, after after watching Jimi Hendrix and realizing that you by had to the time
0: possessions to be free of them.
1: Well, listen. By the time Hendrix was my age, he'd been dead for eight years. So I just feel like he was really far ahead of me. And if I'm going to catch up, (laughs) I need to start burning everything. Before we get into the movie this week, I want to talk about our Patreon. Patreon.com uh, slash Patreon. It's this website where I if you go to it, I you can s- sign up. I recently
0: up. suffered traumatic brain injury,
1: and <laughs> Patri- I don't remember what you're talking about. Every day. Every day you suffer traumatic brain energy. E- energy? <laughs> energy. <laughs> yes, that is exactly what Traumatic brain energy. It's... Like,
0: Well, I mean, I do access Twitter on a daily basis. So that,
1: <laughs> oh, no. It explains a lot. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Um, Patreon.com/slash Lawson Criterion. You can go there, uh, and if you so choose, uh, support us on a monthly basis for just a dollar a month. You get access to a bonus episode, a non Criterion film. We put together a, uh, a poll, so you get to vote on what we're going to watch. Uh, the fifth item on that poll is always Kazam, and we've watched it once, and we have come dangerously close to watching it more. But it's uh, beautiful, and we I mean after it. after like getting through light it once, of the sun. After getting through it once, I actually, I'm I down just, to watch it more. I don't
0: hate more. it. I think it's fine. I, I actually, like people like like for we put it on there. I suppose because it's like one of those canonical bad movie podcast movies that everyone yeah, I mean, been it's, it's,
1: it's it's a punchline, but also I kind of put it on there just because, uh, you know, people talk about it not necessarily in how bad it is. People talk about it because of the Mandela effect thing, right? Right, that's they, true. That's the other because reason, Shazam right? isn't a thing or wasn't. Well, uh, we've talked
0: we have talked yeah. about this, and we've talked about and that I, deeply. I talked still about it on argue that, that, that it is rather than being primarily racism, it is confusion generated by the fact that why would you name your genie movie featuring Shaq? Yeah, and not any, put call it Shazam. Yeah, I think it breaks people. I think it breaks their brain. Oh, absolutely, that, that absolutely. doesn't make any sense. It's, now it's it is racism when Shaq. it gets into. Um,
1: yeah, Sinbad yeah, starting in it that. Yeah, season. that that
0: starts getting weird. That starts getting very yeah. uh y racismy.
1: Those Sinbad and genies, you know, it's Also, yes, that is also true. Like it's I think like, there's a lot going on there. Like you can you can explain the ra- way the racism by people just barely paying attention to a lot of things from tr- what 2000 years of of history. Yeah, I
0: mean that that's true. And and then again, Sinbad is there's a lot there's a lot going on there and I and I don't think it is fair to chalk it up purely to racism. There's definitely some of that going on there too, but
1: <laughs> anyway, anyway, Kazam is a choice uh, it has been voted for once. it has tied uh, and fortunately fortunately uh, lost all of all of its tiebreaker, uh, which I decide with a dice roll. Uh,
0: it, it, which you videotape for some reason, as though that means anything.
1: I have been. I started videotaping it as as a proof that I I am not just making this decision arbitrarily. And then, like after three tiebreaker rolls, and they weren't all for Kazam, by the way. I mean, we had other ties, uh, yeah. but after three tiebreaker rolls, I realized, wait, uh, this doesn't prove anything. It just proves that I rolled. You were able
0: to video record <laughs> you doing the thing you want. Like, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could have I could have rolled the die on camera four more times, but this is the one I posted because it's the correct one. The correct I, one. <laughs> the yeah, correct one. Uh, so anyway, I thought I thought I was doing a transparency thing, and it turns out I was just faking it. So
0: well, you'd have to do it live to to not to, right. to be able to not fake it. You need to be like, okay, well, guys, we're getting on Twitch for the for the fucking dice roll. Everybody, gather around.
1: We need more supporters for that to happen. I, I feel yeah, like we, we've got enough supporters, but I don't think we have enough that at least one person would be available 24-7 whenever I right, decide exactly. to do that well, right. That's, race that's race also, race.
0: also weird, right? If your supporter base is only large enough for it to be you <laughs> and one other person, like, yeah. at that point, you could just
1: call them. <laughs> right.
0: And be like, hey, Jason, you want to listen to me
1: roll a dice? <laughs> Yeah, probably.
0: You'd be like, why are you calling me? It's 3 AM. Uh
1: I often do the die roll after midnight, uh, for some reason too. So anyway. Uh over there we do a non-Criterion film, as I said. Uh we watch some some just a real mixed bag of stuff over there too. Yeah, the moral, reason yeah. Kids I am is not is not such a uh a bad film for us to watch again is because we've watched uh, Will Ferrell's kicking and screaming, which right. is.
0: And um, I was actually replaced by some sort of um, under demon when we did that. <laughs> I'm no longer Pat. I haven't been Pat for a long time. Yeah, it's it, uh, it uh, deeply affects really put you it all out there. A, yeah, it does in a yeah. very
1: negative way. Uh, but we have also watched really great films over there, like Dog Day Afternoon or. Uh, Give me another one. Aliens. There we go. That's Americans. a really great well, movie. Yeah, I mean, Aliens is pretty
0: great. Um, what did we what – what was the last one before this one? Uh, Children of Men. Well, I mean, we watched God's Country, which was amazing, and Children of Men is great too. I mean, yeah. we've watched some good movies over there. Yeah.
1: Watched some really great stuff. Uh, this month – I mean, uh, we've
0: watched Kicking and Screaming by, with Will Ferrell, so, you know.
1: As of our recording, you know, the most recent the most recent uh, bonus episode over there is uh, Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion, which is a really fun movie too. Uh, we haven't actually recorded that episode yet, but I look forward to talking about it with that in about an hour. Too. So, yeah. Uh, also over there for a little extra, five dollars a month. Uh, we promise to thank those people on air. So thank you to Adam Speakerman and Kevin Little for your five dollars support and. A little bit more above that. $10 a month, we do something that I really, really love. Pat makes a piece of oh, art so based on one nice of the nice movies much. we watched recently. Uh, and they're always phenomenal, and I love them. Uh, and then I get that art printed up on a postcard and write a little thank you note and mail that off to our $10 and above supporters. And we also like to thank those guys on air. So thank you to Michael McGrath and Jason Westhaver for your support at yes, that thank level. thank you. This week we are talking about a 1987 American indie film called Border Radio. It's directed by Allison Anders, Dean Lent and Kurt Voss. Anders we've seen from before but in a bonus episode uh, on the Criterion or on the on the Patreon we watched uh, Four Rooms and Alison Anders directed oh, right. the first section of that. Four Rooms, the Witches section of Four yeah, Rooms.
0: I forgot all about that.
1: Alison Anders and uh, Kurt Voss, uh, who were actually married for a time, uh, also worked together on Wim Wenders' Paris, Texas, which came out in '84. It's around the same time they started filming this. Uh, this movie took four years to get together, uh, something very evident in. The child actor, who is actually Alison Anders' daughter, uh, who was five when they first started shooting and nine by the yep. time her last scene was shot. And it is very clear that that yep. is happening. Um, the third director and cinematographer, Dean Lent, um, doesn't have a lot of other directorial credits. Actually, he has no other directorial credits, no other writing credits. Uh, but he became a cinematographer, uh, in stuff you've heard of, but probably haven't watched. Cool. (laughs) This was his first, uh, but he went on to direct things such as G-Men from Hell, uh, Jack Frost, the, uh. The horror or movie Jack you Frost. You think I have not? Seen I know you've seen Jack that. Actually, Frost? we've talked about you watching Jack Frost and Jack Frost Two, which yes. Lens also uh, also acted as cinematographer for Anders and Voss. Also went on to do other work. I don't believe we will see any of it in the Criterion Collection. Um, and I can't. I, I've not seen any of it. Uh, I believe Paris, Texas is actually in the Criterion Collection, so we might eventually watch that. But I honestly don't know for sure. So, <laughs> right. Uh,
0: well, I mean, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll find out eventually. We'll figure it out when
1: we get there. Yep. If we get there. And I'm if we motto, get to really. through the Godzilla box set that was just announced as number 1,000. Right. That's, uh, a,
0: that's, a, that's a, a bold choice. I like it.
1: I, I really like it. And I really love that Criterion postponed that announcement every day for a week for some reason.
0: Oh really? Yeah. Oh man.
1: <laughs> it just kept ah, oh, we'll get it tomorrow. You got to tune in tomorrow <laughs> for oh, for oh, our 1000th oh, oh. release. Like they they announced all three or four other titles that were coming out that month on the normal day or the day after. And then, <laughs> and, then <laughs> and then waited. At least I wonder. Four I'm or really five curious. Days. I'm
0: I'm sure someday we'll hear a story about why that happened.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um it's it's also delightful that people like I'm in I'm in some criterion groups on Facebook and uh I mean obviously a lot of people very excited about this, but a lot of people just utterly confused.
0: I think a lot of people really don't process I mean, and this is not this is I might be very wrong about this, but I think a fair number of people don't process the Godzilla movies where they actually are.
1: I think that's yes. true. I think that's and, fair. And,
0: I, and I and I it's understandable because the format lends itself to being dismissed, right?
1: Absolutely, and, that, and all and, of the and, and, and
0: certainly later iterations are not the thing right. that the original Godzilla movie is,
1: and all of the American movies that Godzilla inspired, inside and outside of the Godzilla franchise, uh, were not what the original that, Godzilla. Was. Yes,
0: absolutely. It, it's it's. <laughs> It is a singular thing in and of itself that that yeah. spawned a lot, and that happens in other fields. That we've we've encountered that before. It wouldn't be the first time, right? Where like, you know, it, you know, again, like you get you have nothing else, you get like the the Upton Sinclair jungle effect, where it's like, right, oh right, right, you guys totally just took this in a weird direction here. <laughs> Congratulations, uh,
1: which explains the jungle too, where they are exploring a larger and even worse meat factory. <laughs>
0: uh, yes, yes. I I actually kind of I kind of want. Is there a is there a jungle? Mo- did they ever make a movie of that?
1: I highly doubt it, but I don't have, know. Right? Maybe as like yeah. a document documentary sort of. Thing? I don't know. I don't I'd know. just
0: be curious about like.
1: It's not a narrative like. book, is it? I haven't read it. It is
0: narrative, yeah. Is it? It is. It's about a it's about a person. realizing that socialism is the only answer to the nightmare (laughs) that has been created here. Right. Right. And the fact that the machine is literally eating people. (laughs) Yep. Like it's, I mean, I haven't read it since high school, but that was my takeaway was, Oh yeah, this is all very bad. And I'm not talking about the meat inspecting protocols. Right. Which Uh, is the thing
1: that got changed. Yes. Uh, Anyway, back to border radio, uh, finally released in 87. Uh, like I said, they've been working on it for upwards of four years. Um interestingly enough, they uh they were just doing it kind of piecemeal over the course of those four years. They had all graduated uh from uh from film school in LA. And uh in eighty three they got two thousand dollars in seed money uh from actor Vic Tayback. Uh then they got some money from Voss's graduation gifts in 84. Okay. Good. Then they got a loan from Len's parents. Uh, then they had, uh, there's a making of documentary on the Criterion DVD. That, that I pull all from the, from the essay. The making of documentary, uh, I think it's Voss is talking about, uh, they had one guy who actually just needed to launder some money, so they, oh so God. he sent it through the film process. There was Kentucky oil baron who they decided to fly out to see the production to make sure his money wasn't being wasted, and found out he had just had a stroke. Uh, Jeez! At least, uh, at least at one point they stopped paying their own electric bill, Voss uh, and Anders, and they lived for a week without electricity. In order to put more money into the movie. Uh, wow. Yeah. And then since they had already graduated. This is not a film school project. They had already graduated. Uh, they edited this film. By sneaking into. UCLA's film department. Every night. Oh God, And camping out all night. Editing. Anders' kids to sleep on the floor. Uh, staying up on coffee and cigarettes uh, while they edited. Uh, And since they shot it so piecemeal, they were basically, they'd shoot a bunch, they'd edit it down. And then from what worked after it was edited, they'd change, rewrite the film on the fly as they went along.
0: We've encountered other films that had a similar process. Have we? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure that's not, that's not a super abnormal process. Uh, though the editing dailies and kind of building building the tower of the film like that is a little different. Uh rewriting yeah, I mean, of the I fly like definitely. We've definitely encountered at
0: least way. one other artist that did it that way. It was kind of crazy, but yeah,
1: it is crazy. Um it's probably a Casavetes thing, really. <laughs> probably.
0: <laughs> so, that checks out.
1: This this film does have a Casavetes feel to how it's put together. Just, you know, a lot of a lot of clear improv uh Casavetes people were just better trained than the Witcher to well, and this. and that's
0: but that I mean that is a an actual issue. I mean yeah. like I know that like we are supposed to be able to like after doing this for so long we're supposed to kind of be able to look at things and get to the heart of the matter rather than just focusing on sort of I mean in film acting is kind of a has a weird place, right? In the sense that it is both superficial and kind of important, you know? Yeah. And the acting in this is real rough, like real, real rough. Um, and that does it does pose a bit of a problem, right? Like it, it, for me at least, because like I don't feel like the actors are conveying the message they want to convey to me very cleanly, right, right? On, on an fair. emotional level, um, which you know, I mean, I'm not gonna like pan the whole film, but like that—that's real. Like that's a thing that like causes trouble for me in this. And it probably doesn't help, help, does not help that it was shot over the course of four years in acting either, right? Like, what was our motivation well, two and a half years ago? I don't remember.
1: Well, like, uh, there's one thing about changing as you go in the editing, that opening scene, and they, they seem to have shot it sequentially, too.
0: Oh, yeah, uh, I think so, So that, sure. that
1: opening scene where Jeff's hiding in the closet and the guys are looking for the money... And then, and then, whoever calls him and says they're going to meet meet at this place, and we never figure out who that was or see him. Right. Um, as far as the filmmakers were concerned, so as far as the guy playing Jeff is concerned, Chris D. Uh, at that point, Jeff was not a musician; he was just some guy <laughs> oh, having an really? existential crisis. Yeah, yeah. Who had oh, stolen man. this money for who knows what reason? So like yeah you know, we get all that exp- expository dialogue like 25 minutes in and it's really great that we get it because everything's just been confusing to that point but right. it's it's also delivered very didactically. Um so so a thing about this movie uh sort of I kind of want to justify its inclusion here.
0: Okay, please do because I am. I would know why because it's
1: it's, definitely amateurish in a lot of ways, obviously. But like a lot of film film students in America in the 80s and 90s, they are drawing on influence from the French New Wave and the German uh, New Cinema of of like Wenders, who they worked with, and and uh, you know, oh goodness, how did I just lose the name of the guy who did? Like uh, Ali, Fear, Eats the Soul, and Veronica Voss, and...
0: Oh, I, uh... Yeah. You've... you've, Oh, no, Adam, you've stumbled upon my Achilles heel.
1: Yeah, you can't remember names either. Anyway. Um, yeah. I know that people have them. I'm just not clear (laughs) on what any of them are. I'm glad that you understand the concept of names. Uh, anyway. Um... They're obviously drawing on that influence, but, but one reason I think the Criterion Collection, uh, think of other, even recently, like Pandora's Box. Pandora's Box is well acted, but it's put together very poorly. It's, it's barely strung together as a narrative to begin with, and then the ending doesn't make any sense. But as a snapshot of 1929 Berlin, and uh, the existence of this piece could only really be in 1929 Berlin. Right. Uh, it, it has some merit there. Or when we've talked about uh, Baudou saved from drowning, one of the things the Criterion itself talked about as the reason for its inclusion was that it was Paris between the wars... And it was a visual record of Paris between the wars. In, a, in an ever-changing city, right, this was a, that. a yeah. snapshot of something that, that would not be seen again. And could not be seen again. So, in that regard, Border Radio is a snapshot of the feeling. Not necessarily the music, but there's plenty of music here too. But the feeling of the mid-to-late 80s L.A. punk scene. This. And I
0: and I assumed that's why it was in there. Like, I, yeah. I truly did assume that that was the goal. The problem is, for me, is not so much... I, again, there's not really a problem. It's just that, like, are there no other movies that convey that feeling in existence? <laughs> I feel like I Real have Man. seen... I mean, maybe specifically <laughs> LA punk music scene, but, like, like, I have definitely seen late 80s, like... Punk music oriented films like that is definitely a thing I have seen in my life. And I mean, I and then again, because of its kind of ludicrous story, it loses some honestly loses some of what it's trying to convey because it had it felt the need to have a frankly confusing and nonsensical story built
1: in, which is. Because well, I, I don't think I don't think it felt the need to have it. It just they were writing it by the seat of their pants too. So
0: right, but like, but that, but what I mean is like almost I feel like, and this is just me like just throwing shit out here. But I really honestly feel if it had been more of just a meandering look at the scene, it would have been way more re- like personally rewarding. Honestly. Right. Right, you know what I mean? Like, as not quite documentary, but like, not also. I mean, this thing suffers primarily because it is a written story and that is written by the Sea of Their Pants.
1: Like, right? It, I think it suffers
0: fair. from that. It absolutely suffers from that because, like, people. It. I will say it. It lends it certainly a dreamlike quality, a nightmare yeah. more than a dream. But like, people just do things, and things just happen. <laughs> From all I can tell, without cause or effect, like A doesn't necessarily actually lead to B in in this story. Honestly, that's like, because that's because A was how leading to B. Come back, He's...
1: They were A was leading to B, and then they got three quarters of the way to B and realized that they'd rather like that A lead work. to C. Yeah. So yeah,
0: right, and then they, it gives it this very weird. Yeah. Tell me I mean, a very weird, like dream-like quality.
1: Yeah, uh, much in the same us, way as me. Badoo or or uh, uh, <laughs> Pandora's Box. When I say it's a snapshot of an era, I don't mean it's meant to be a documentary. Uh, no, I know. Look at the era. Obviously, these this is a story that takes place within the L.A. punk scene. It's not a story about the L.A. punk scene,
0: right? And uh, I and my and the point I'm making is is that like. I'm, I am a little bit shocked that a story about the L.A. punk scene at that time period is not a thing that exists. And not Considering some, the prevalence of, like, 8mm cameras and stuff, yeah. like, is there not just somebody, like, some almost, other UCLA film who made some, a documentary? Yeah, yeah, I don't
1: know. Almost certainly something exists. I just, I, we've not I, seen I, uh, it. Uh, th-
0: Right and that, that that was all I was getting at because like and also, this is fine but like the the story actually hurts it rather than helps it and that's a yeah. weird that's a weird phenomenon to be in because it doesn't happen very often in this thing that we do you know what i mean where i'm like wow this would be a lot better if there just weren't a story
2: like you know what I
0: mean? <laughs> if it were just these visuals but without like an attempt to make them into a story because they're already kind of not a story because if yeah. you just sat down and told somebody the story from beginning to end they'd be like are you high? I think you're high because this doesn't make any sense. Um so I don't know. like I still don't actually know why anything happens.
1: Okay, so starting in 1981 and uh with at least 3 films uh the third released in 1998 there is a documentary series called The Decline of Western Civilization, uh, which was explicitly about the Los Angeles punk scene. Well, there you go. Uh, so so that film, uh, since the first one was shot in 81, uh, it had actually already been uh, been filmed by the time this was going in. So they wouldn't have wanted to make that film because they would have already been familiar with that film.
0: Right, and, no. and and I understand that why these... the why. Well, number one, I mean, people want to make films. I think like, I get it. Right. And then also, I understand that it, in a really kind of meaningful way, having it not be a documentary also has some value in the sense that, like, oh, here's the story that the people from this scene cooked up. Yeah. To a certain extent. It, it, I mean, it has value, too. I don't want to imply that this show, this movie does not have value. It's just that, like... I, for one, found it pretty hard to watch. Yeah, honestly speaking, like not in a bad way, not where I'm like, oh god, this is horrible. More in the like, I'm watching and I'm like, wait, did I, did I miss a part? Do I need to go back? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot I of moments where you think, where you happen? think, oh, did I, did I miss something? Um, oh, I reround the shit out of this movie. I like yeah. over and over, like, wait a minute, I don't know why is he here now? How did he get here? My, why is uh, this happening?
1: My favorite part, and they actually commented on this in the, in the making of documentary. Uh, Chris Shear, whose character Chris is the one who uh, sleeps with Jeff's wife while Jeff's out of town. Uh, uh, Lou or whatnot. Uh, he... Uh, <laughs> they filmed a scene in one room of the apartment one day. And then like, went back like months later to film... A scene in the other room of the apartment, but the other half of that scene. Uh, Oh, my God. And for continuity purposes, said, yeah, you were wearing a blue flannel, Uh, and he showed up wearing a different blue flannel. So, so like, I mean, it's a black-and-white movie, but the pattern changes, so... Right. So he he's wearing a different shirt when he walks through a door. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Which you know I, I, in in watching I definitely didn't even notice. So it's not no, like No, I didn't notice, but, matters, but
0: then again, but... honestly, by the time you're 10 to 15 minutes into this movie, you're probably like, well,
1: Yeah. fuck it.
0: Like in terms of like,
1: <laughs> like continuity
0: maintenance, like right. you know what I mean? Like like you, you, there's certain movies where you're like in it and you're like, well, this is just not this is continuity and like it's just not a thing I need to continue worrying about as we go forward here. Yeah. Like yeah. it's fine. I could just start ignoring continuity problems. Cause like I have a feeling they're going to be happening a lot.
1: Yeah. Uh, there was, there's actually one other connection between, uh, the decline of Western civilization and this film. Uh, one of the bands featured in the decline of Western civilization is X, uh, who is not only, uh, featured on the soundtrack of this film, but, uh, one of the band members, John Doe, uh, plays Dean, uh, in the film. Uh, so he's uh, he's in both of them, but... Uh, oh, ba- basically, uh, in casting, they approached Chris D. after a show and said, hey, you want to do this movie? And he was all like, oh, oh, okay? Uh, <laughs> and, and then he got a bunch of his friends to also act in the movie, so... Um, oh, God. Everybody, like, like, the throwaway characters especially, uh, like, Texacalla Jones, who plays the babysitter, uh, is uh, the lead singer of of a band. Uh, the uh, the girl they keep cutting to, uh, who's uh, like the scenester, talking about how great everything is in the more documentary yeah. style portion. You know, she's she's the lead well, that, singer, and that of a just band. makes it more
0: confusing, right? For right. me, like I was like, wait now we're in a documentary right do, when it comes to the
1: documentary parts where where it's someone talking about the scene wholly unrelated to the plot of whatever's going on in the movie uh yeah That's it does really get a disruptive mentally, too. Yeah. but also uh, but also in a way where i don't even know if what she's saying is accurate to the actual scene because she's meant to be a joke character too right Right. I mean, she's and literally she's also my favorite character. character in the movie.
0: Yeah. Let's be clear here. She is my favorite character yeah. in the movie because she has that closing bit where she's like, well, it's just not the same anymore, so I don't right. know. like, right. Maybe something will come along in the future, but by then maybe I'll be too old. Like, how old are you? <laughs> I forget what the answer was, but it was something just like, oh, God. Like, yeah. Yeah. This is like 25 or something. Yeah. It's, or it's Not even. I, I mean, can't. it's
1: also delightful in that, you this know, is, this, this w- is wonderful talking about talking about getting old and time passing and the film's taken four years to shoot. So, you know, right, it's a commentary right, yeah, on the yeah. process, too. Uh, yeah, this movie's got a lot of good bits. It's just, oh yeah, it does. It as a whole, does. I don't know that it really works. Well, all it, that yeah, well. just
0: it's it, it, the things that make it interesting in some ways are also the things that make it struggle because it's just like, well, you know, your movie did take four years to make, and that's a problem.
1: Like yeah. that
0: that's a problem that has defeated that has defeated great, greater greater yeah. uh, in this process, right? Like, I mean, that's uh, well, this took too long. Maybe we just need to start over or something. Yeah. Obviously, nobody wants to do that.
1: And then I don't even really want to even talk about the explicit plot of this film because I'm not sure it makes sense. Even I'm sure I missed details, but I'm not entirely sure. That's what I was
0: saying. Is but that's a problem, right? I I literally cannot tell you this from beginning to end. I could not just sit here and recount the plot of this movie.
1: As far as I Um, can tell, uh, Jeff. And at least two other people, one of them who may be Chris. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Is probably Chris, but I'm really not entirely sure. Uh, Chris is a roadie. Jeff is in the band. And they stole this money from the other members of the band because they promised to be paid it. Or possibly from a promoter. Because I when think she, it's got to be
0: from a promoter. yeah, I when the wife, a promoter.
1: When the wife goes back... Uh, to To try and buy off the debt, and the guy says, oh, it's been forgiven, and we don't get any more details, and then Jeff's just back in the next scene. Uh, well, the,
0: well, no, but that's the thing, right? Like, just not back in the next scene. That's the strange part. Oh, Is it wait, like yes. she goes hunting? She gets pissed at Jeff, goes hunting for him down in Mexico, and then he's back. Wondering where she is because they also decided to turn this into a fucking O. Henry story at the last minute.
1: Yeah. Uh, fortunately, they they did uh, pull a punch that they had planned. Uh, and she was going to be dead at the end of the narrative.
0: Oh, God. Thank God they didn't do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, very man. Very
0: much. That would have been a very, like, that would be a very unearned dark turn on this movie. Like you did, you did not, you did not earn that. That's for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of which, uh, Luana Anders, uh, who plays that wife, uh, is uh, uh, is Allison's sister. Uh, so another, another Tron trained. Uh, Chris Shear actually is the only I think trained actor in the entire thing, and he was in uh, theater school at U.S. At UCLA. Um, at the time, uh, so, I mean, that doesn't forgive his problems acting in film, but at least he's, he's not trained to act in film and they are different right. animals, right. so, <laughs> right. but yeah, uh, I, uh. I mean, another, like I said, this, this definitely has its moments, the scene where she's trying to sell the car and the used car salesman says, if you have $800 in the trunk, that thing's worth, <laughs> yeah, the grand. It, would be worth
0: it. Yeah, it's a good line. It's a real good line. It's a
1: real great line.
0: There's some, like, yeah, though there's absolutely some good stuff in here. Yeah. There, there is. But then again, you get into this weird thing where it's like, if I string together a bunch of pretty good <laughs> stuff in a nonsensical way, yeah, what have I, what have I made? Right. Uh, and that is a confusing question to answer.
1: And I get, uh, you know, to a certain extent, that's the punk ethos of the of the eighties. Uh, yeah, and I get, LA that. Punk, I get maybe. that. Um and in that but regard, I, I, we could we can compare it to something like Slackers. But Slackers has but a Slackers free line, is right?
0: Impeccably done. Yeah, Slackers. Like Slackers is, is phenomenally well done and yeah. still has a lot of the aesthetic. Right. Right. It, it does. It just it ha- it carries a lot of the aesthetic because instead of arriving at that aesthetic via just not necessarily always doing a great job it arrives at that aesthetic by having a lot of people doing a good job of acting and telling you and like yeah. showing you yeah. that aesthetic and like there's just that's just a different thing um, there's nothing wrong with this version of it but like man like I I personally kept trying to mentally compare it to slackers and like they don't they don't compare well. First they of don't. All. That's like fair. They're not. They're not. But be, because this thing does meander a little bit, I kept kind of expecting it to turn into slackers. Even though <laughs> it's we, clearly not. We
1: just start following an, an entirely new set of characters. Yeah, kind
0: of because like it, it is it is just disjointed enough that it, it that it felt like, "Oh, at some point this is going to turn into a weird twisty-turny narrative rather than just a disjointed one."
1: Honestly, um, even if we had like followed the uh, guys hunting Jeff from that first scene, and then come back, got to Chris and and Jeff's wife when they go to try and kill Chris at her apartment, their apartment. Uh, you know, we we could have still mostly told the same narrative uh, while following, and it might have even made a little more sense if we had followed the guys yeah, and found out why right. they were trying to kill him from them uh, instead of the weird. What phone call or whatever 20 minutes in uh, Yeah you know.
0: I, I mean I think What what year did Slackers come out?
1: Oh 91 Slackers wasn't, didn't even start right. filming Until two years right. so after this I mean, came out uh, That's so. the
0: thing right Like I mean
1: Well I mean for good reason I don't want it to be the same movie either So right
0: No no yeah. I know But what I'm, what I'm wondering about Is if like I mean The reason I bring that up Is that Slackers has the benefit Almost of Kind of looking back at an era Yeah Whereas, whereas this is, is contem- contemporaneous with the era, which produces its own set of problems, right? Yeah. Like, and does another film too, right? Like when you, when you start trying to tell, like make a movie set in the era that you actually exist in, you, you already start sort of generating well, problems for yourself.
1: In the documentary, in the behind the scenes thing, uh, Anders touches on, peripherally, one of the main problems, I think, that we have with the film. She's talking explicitly about Devin, her daughter, aging four years over the course of shooting, and she says, you know, not only, you know, she's grown, but fashion has changed. So she's wearing her own clothes, and she's wearing right. very different things by the time we get to the end. And that's true of all of the society we're talking about, not just her daughter, right? Right the punk scene in la changed a lot in those 4 years i am certain of it so... oh yeah
0: for sure and it would be impossible and like really it, it that that happens with again with any contemporaneous uh storytelling that you do your the the goal is if you if you have the budget to do it is to essentially lock time yeah. you know what i mean like oh we have the budget to freeze time essentially not not outside of our bubble but within our bubble we can pay to make sure that everything stays the same for a year or whatever while we're working right. on this. Right. And they clearly didn't have the budget to make that happen, which and we, we see other versions of that. But the problem is, is that like when films try to do what this film is doing, their their solution to that problem is usually make it real super quick.
1: Yeah. And you know they mean? just like, don't we'll, have, we'll make they sure don't that it's all done in six to, months to do it super quick. So they're constantly, right. so they don't have
0: know, the means to do it quick and they don't have the means to lock time. In a, in a meaningful way, so we end up with this really really hard version, which is like, well, took four years. Yeah. It, and at and which point, like, if you're flying by the seat of your pants, why not just make the movie take four years? Right. Like, why not have Jeff come back four years later
1: and be like, "You're already messing with you're time already as a joke by, on uh, that, yeah, right? Exactly. Our first our first three scenes, uh, each each are sandwiched around a uh, one week later tag and at 1.0 point, oh, yeah, the screen that pops up months. that says two or six months. which is
0: wild which is actually I said that the the one scene person is my favorite person in the film that, that is my favorite thing in the film yeah, is that, two or six months later that, I'm like wait yeah. that
1: does not a thing so oh, it's so good to a certain extent uh, maybe we're reading too deep into this uh, I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to suggest that this doesn't have artistic merits because I believe it does. But at the same time, this is kind of like the dancing bear, right? And the fact that the dancing bear dances is what's good. Not that the dancing bear dances well. Right. So, so they created this, and they completed it, despite all these setbacks. And it is a uh, screenshot of, uh, of the L.A. punk scene. Yeah. Or the people within it. Uh, and that's interesting. Does it need to be done well? Maybe not. But... Well, yeah,
0: I know what you're saying. I get it. But I don't know. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Because honestly speaking, like, to my mind, I, I've, I exist in a very weird place right now. And I don't know if you're going to agree with me. And that's fine. But I feel like as soon as you, like, say, like, I'm going to make narrative fiction suddenly you're beholden to a different level of standards than yeah. if you be like, this is just a doc. I mean, I just shot a documentary like as best I could of the thing that I care about. You know what I mean? Like I, to me, those like, it's a weird difference and it might only be in my head and probably is only in my head. But like, like <laughs> as soon as you're going to ask people to ask people to act, then it's beholden on you to make sure that they're at least doing a half good job. Uh, which is, I don't know, my weird perspective on that.
1: Yeah. Uh, but as the front man of an avant-garde band, uh, yeah. I also understand the uh, the punk mentality, the DIY mentality of doing it just to do it and doing it for the sake of your own enjoyment. Not yeah, I get that too. Not I mean, out of any obligation to a theoretical audience, right? I mean, that's yeah, why no, we do I this totally too, right? <laughs> so, I, I definitely yeah. get
0: that. I mean, and I, I do lots of stuff that is not, is not, but like you get into this weird space where like, I, yes, I understand that as a concept and I generally agree with it. I do lots of things for my own purposes that are just about me getting something I need to get done out. Right. Okay. They're like, this is a thing that I care about getting done that I want to exist, and so I'm going to make it exist. I have no fundamental problem with that. The problem is is then, like, now I'm watching this thing <laughs> in a fucking, like, in a collection called the Criterion Collection, which, you know what I mean? Like, that's for- where it gets weird, right? Yeah. Like, now yeah. I'm doing... Now, even if you didn't intend it for that, and there's nothing wrong with not intending it for that, like, this this thing you made didn't stay on your bookshelf. right. It exists in the world now, which means it it belongs to everybody now. And look out, everybody's a lot of people.
1: I think that helps the fact that it happened in L.A. And, you know, the people that you're interacting with here uh, go on to maybe not themselves be famous, but they've definitely got famous friends, right? Right. I mean, the, the bands explicitly involved here, Flesh Eaters, Green on Red... Uh, X, the Blasters—they are bands that existed for a long time and got international acclaim. You know, these are seminal punk bands, but they're not—they're not the Clash. They're not even seminal LA. You know, they're not Black Flag. They're not the right. Circle Jerks. Uh, you know, X certainly uh, is up there, but but other bands—if you're not eh, there—are there are bands in the LA punk scene where the average person on the street knows who they are, has heard of them. Yes. Black flag. And then there are bands in the L.A. punk scene uh, where uh, no one's heard of them unless you're super into the scene. And some of those have Wikipedia pages and are featured in this movie, like the Flesh Eaters. Right. (laughs)
0: Right. I get that. I mean, I I understand. I understand. all. I mean, I I just sort of, to a certain extent, want to be kind of like I don't know how to explain like where I'm coming from like I don't want to be terrible about this like I totally understand why I got made I understand every I like to think that I understand everything that that is a part of this because we all go through this it's just weird to encounter what almost feels like somebody's like home project yeah in the environment that I'm encountering this in now you yeah. know what I'm saying? That is a weird experience. So like, yeah, that's it'd be like idea. if like some of the garbage that's around my house that I have made, if like one day somebody's like puts it in essentially a museum and be like wh- even I would be like why the fuck did
1: you do that? Right? <laughs> right.
0: Like, what that's, is wrong with you?
1: That's another thing. One of the reasons this is interesting is as a snapshot of the DIY punk scene. But the DIY punks uh, DIY punk scene of any era in any place is inherently transient, right? It is, it is non-permanent. It is meant to just disappear in a wisp of smoke. (laughs) That's, that's how this stuff goes. And that's, that's how you generally talk about it, right? So when you come back and you've got a film version of it, Maybe it's just not interesting unless you lived there at the time right, and experienced right. well, like it, or at least experienced the people directly influenced by it.
0: Right, and 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 that for me, that's the difference between this and a, and a and a documentary is that a documentary has a has a fundamentally core different purpose,
1: yeah. which
0: is to literally take a photo, yeah, essentially, absolutely, and be like, look, I know that this you were not alive or were not around for this, and I know that it may not. But I think that it has some intrinsic value that you should see. So yeah. here you go, and that's kind of what that is. Whereas by by making a narrative, it that transient nature becomes all the more obvious. I think is really what it comes down to. It's like, oh wow, this is it's not just a snapshot. It's like a, it's like a, I I can't even think of a thing. It's it's because it, it it's somebody's cold food sitting in a microwave or something almost it, it, like, which is a terrible description for anything. And I'm very sorry about that. <laughs> uh, like, but you know what I mean? Right. It's like, Oh, like this is hyper transient. It just, it's, it, it was gone by the time the movie was finished being printed. Probably. Honestly speaking, you know what I mean? Like given the nature of these kinds of scenes and everything like that, there's a solid chance that by the time they finish this, the thing it is about didn't exist anymore.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. Which is wild. And also delightful. Um, yeah, it is.
0: To, to kind of not give us the opposite of credit, like a lot of this podcast is us talking about things that are fundamentally outside of our
1: realm of understanding. <laughs> right.
0: Like, I mean, because, if nothing else, because we didn't exist in that time and in that place. Like, that right, and that's, and that's one thing about
1: Mortar Radio explicitly. The, uh, we're not into the scene Period, right? You and I are not into the history right. of punk. Uh, right. Even, even the people we personally know who are into the history of punk aren't into the minutia of the LA punk scene. Like inviting Donovan to watch this with us would have would have done nothing for us, right? right. It would have been worse than <laughs> worse than when we invited. I mean, him it to probably watch would have Jubilee. been worse, actually. So,
0: yeah, <laughs> we're probably better off with my totally ignorant ass <laughs> right. than anything else, right?
1: Right. right. Uh, so you know. Um, <laughs> And nothing against Donovan. It's just also outside his wheelhouse. So you know,
0: but but is adjacent enough to his wheelhouse that it it could have actually compounded things rather than. Yeah. I mean, honestly speaking, like because like knowing a lot about a thing that is very similar to the thing you're watching or talking about, but it's not the thing you're watching or talking about, is is in itself very kind of almost dangerous, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, Uh I also just... What I'm
0: saying is that my ignorance is my power. Okay, <laughs> I'm a white dude. This is this is fundamentally true.
1: All right, that's fair. Uh, one thing, um, you know, we started talking about the plot earlier, and I think, I think another thing that loses this is just how the plot doesn't really resolve, but just goes away. Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, like,
0: that's what I'm talking about. Is I like. I've picked my hill and I'm going to die on it. Why not just make it actually take four years? Yeah. Or they could Why not just have Jeff come back four years later and be like, Oh, everything's different here.
1: <laughs> like, or,
0: which is like, also like encapsulates a whole concept of the punk scene, right? Where you're like, Oh shit. Like this all <laughs> changed completely in the four right. years I was gone. Right.
1: Oh or even more head on, uh, attacking the politics of the scene. Like, these guys stole money from a promoter because they were promised the money and it wasn't paid to them or because they're just stealing it from the promoter. And in either case, what does that mean for the prospects of ever playing anywhere again? Right. Uh, And, and if the latter, if it was money, they were promised. What does that mean for that club and that promoter? And why is he able to get away with that? Uh, you know, you hint at some of these things that we really ought to... It would be more interesting, uh, both narratively and as a talk about the scene, to get into. Because it hints at problems in the scene. It hints at corruption among the promoters, right? Uh, right. But this movie is not meant to be critical of the scene. And also maybe not critical of any individual promoter. So... In fact, the most it yeah, gets... Well, and that- yeah critical of anyone is maybe the scenester girl so, and that's also just a joke too, right I don't know yeah maybe I mean, it's...
0: and that and that is that in of itself is a weird thing, right because it's like I'm gonna make this movie that ostensibly is about this scene that I'm a part of, but I'm also not going to take it and make it critical is it's, it's so it's more of almost a love letter in that in that respect yeah that but it's also
1: not really a love letter either right so no,
0: and that's what I'm saying. It's like yeah. I don't understand. I Getting down to really down to brass tacks, I don't actually understand what this movie is supposed to be.
1: Yeah. And that, and is, that, and that, that's, and that
0: makes me really sad. That's really what our problem is. Because, like, right. And and that makes me really sad whenever that happens because I feel like that's, that's a fault in me, not in the movie. They're like, there's a thing here, and I don't know what it's supposed to be. And because I don't know, I, I my natural inclination is to sort of pan it, and I could just be straight up wrong. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's within the realm of possibility, certainly, given my track record, that I could just be straight up wrong. Yeah. Like, and just have no fucking clue what's going on, have no idea what I'm talking about. We're actually looking at, like, perfect, beautiful art that I just don't understand. But, again, I live in that fear pretty much every time we do this podcast. (laughs) And it's fair.
1: Right. Right. I mean, there's no no movie we've watched where we have any sort of complete understanding of the culture that it came out of.
0: No, no. It just doesn't exist. I mean, we've been closer or further away at certain times. I mean, there are certain ones that are more or less in our wheelhouse, right? Like, uh, you know. This, is, this one is just so far out of my wheelhouse that I'm just, like, just taking shots in the dark, basically. Based just on sort of gut reactions to what happened. But then again, that's kind of what this podcast is. So, you know, here we are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to make of it. That's true.
0: No, I mean, and, and, yeah, and I, it's just, you know, it, it clearly wasn't made for mass, not really for mass consumption. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. And and my guess is for the people of the time and place that this was made, it is fucking perfect.
1: Right, right. And or, that's or, and that's or, thing. Or very close to, to being perfect. To sort of bring this full circle, you know, we talked about the confusion among people over this last week. At the announcement that a Godzilla box set will be the thousandth Criterion release, right? And I think looking at Border Radio, even having watched Border Radio, you and I are just still confused as to why it's here.
0: Yeah, that's true. We can at least see the
1: other things Criterion has put in that are sort of peripherally related to this. And I'm not... I don't think Border Radio shouldn't be in the Criterion Collection, but only because I've watched now 370 films in the Criterion Collection. Yeah, I I no longer believe that that anything should not be. Right, right. There's there's no criteria for the Criterion Collection. Yes,
0: exactly. (laughs) There's no discernible
1: reasoning for anything. So why shouldn't Godzilla be in it? Even if Godzilla were just a monster movie, it's still more influential than Armageddon. It's still a better movie than Flesh for Frankenstein. It's a better movie than Border Radio. I disagree with radio. that wholeheartedly. You do not. <laughs> Flesh disagree for Frankenstein with that. is
0: fucking amazing. <laughs> All right, it's I better have a movie weird than for for Flesh for Frankenstein. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That I will. That w- right. I will get on board with that. Yes. Absolutely. Flesh for Frankenstein is a weird masterpiece. And <laughs> it, 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 it carved out a very odd space in my heart.
1: Uh, all right. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Anyway. It happens sometimes. We watch movies that sometimes when I'm watching them, I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? Right. Why are we watching right. this? And then, like, a year later, I'm like, that was fucking amazing. And, and like, maybe a year lie, from now, Border amazing. Radio will have that same Absolutely. place. Absolutely. <laughs> it's 100% possible. within the realm of possibility yeah. in in 2 years we'll have a conversation i'll be like you'll be like oh well you know then there was border radio which wasn't or, or i'll say the other or i'll say it and you'll be like you shut your mouth <laughs> <laughs> you shut your filthy mouth border radio was fucking amazing <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's within the realm of possibility that will happen. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll, we'll,
1: we'll be thinking about this movie, and then sure. suddenly one of us will decide it's the best movie we've ever seen. <laughs> it, yeah,
0: it's, it has absolutely happened before, and it will absolutely happen again. Right,
1: right. Uh, until then, I'm just confused by it.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> I really... i. I don't know that I have anything else to say about this.
0: No, me neither. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied with how this is. I'm not. I, I'm satisfied that you and I got to a point where we're like, okay. No. We don't understand it, but somebody fucking sure as shit does.
1: There's one other praise of a disconnected thing that really has no point in the rest of the narrative that I really, really love in this movie. Uh, it's a piece of cinematography, too. The overhead shot of the car doing donuts in a cul-de-sac is just a delightful picture Uh, and if it if it itself were a short film, uh, I would at least understand. (laughs) I think I would inherently get a meaning out of a car doing (laughs) driving in circles in a (laughs) suburban cul-de-sac in L.A. Yeah, I can get on board with that. More so than I get from from border radio in general. that
0: inherently connects to our experiences with life. Right, right. Driving in circles in a suburb, absolutely,
1: yes. (laughs) You'd think, think, given my other projects, that uh, life in the DIY music scene would also make sense. But honestly, the people I know in that scene, in the places I've lived... Do remind me of the people in Border Radio. I think it's true to life, and I don't really like being around them.
0: So, well, so, I mean, that's the other thing, right? It's like, yeah, this is true to life, and these people are bad people. Right. Hello. Yeah. No, people who do I things that.
1: that don't really make sense because they are constantly performing a character. Uh, people who, uh, spend all of their money on booze and then wonder why they can't get out of the hole they're in Uh, you know there's a lot yeah
0: these are people we know these are definitely
1: people we know Yeah, and people who are very very talented who have mental health or substance abuse issues that keep them from uh, from breaking out and doing doing more than they are these are all people we know Uh, absolutely yeah and we know pr- plenty of well-adjusted people who are also highly talented, who also you can't break be. out no, because,
0: yeah, no, that's because of kidding. the
1: nature of the the nature of the industry. So you know, I don't want to I don't want to paint everyone, every musician that you and I know as as some sort of uh, <laughs> right,
0: yeah, like uh, all the musicians we know are broken assholes. Yeah, yeah. hello, welcome to our podcast. <laughs> no,
1: plenty of them aren't, uh, but I know. And and you know there are people in this movie who also aren't right. <laughs> you know, it's just those characters aren't the ones who are memorable, right? Uh, well-adjusted right. people don't make a lot of uh, a lot of imprints on a on a narrative film. As it turns out, you need some sort of conflict. Yeah. Uh, which is maybe something this movie's lacking too. The conflict just kind of dissolves at the end. So.
0: Well, yeah. I mean that that is. That is actually a really big part of it. And, and, and I think a really important thing is that, like, we, a lot of what bothers us is that we, we've watched a lot of movies for this. And, like, we have expectations, certain expectations. And whether those are right or wrong, you start to imagine that certain things will happen in movies. And yeah. when they don't, you're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> what just happened?
1: Uh, hey, speaking of, uh, speaking of expectations being pulled out from under you about what should be in a movie. Uh, we've got a Robert yeah. Bresson film next week. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Next week we'll be talking about 1967's Mouchette, uh, from Robert Bresson, Robert Bresson. I always put the I always pronounce the T, even though it's French. I've been doing that since we watched our first Robert eh, Bresson film. Fine. So I'm not super concerned about it. Uh, but with that, I think we can draw this one to a close. This week we've been talking about Border Radio from 1987, uh, co-direction by Allison Anders, Dean Lent, and Kurt Voss. Uh, like we just said, I think, I think with some distance we might think this is brilliant, but inside it right now uh, it's just confusing and kind of dumb. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. But yeah. Thank you once again for listening to Lost and Criterion. I am, as always, the Adam Glass. With me, as always, John Patrick O'Toole, Dorgan, and we'll see you next time. to Lost in Criterion hosted by John Patrick ohitari Gorgon and The Adam Glass who edits it. We're a production of with2brains.com. Jonathan Hape does the music. Check him out at JonathanHape.Bandcamp.com And hey, if you like us why don't you give us a review on iTunes like us on Facebook or support us on Patreon it's Patreon.com slash Lost in Criterion We'd appreciate it.